What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Four Fifth Podcast, episode fifty-three. My name's Matt. With me, as always, is the J Lo with the s- sweet tie-dye hat. Not the- is that the fresh one or no? This is the fresh one. Okay, nice. Not the freshest one. You got another one coming on on, on its way. Uh, another one is on the way. Swoop is going to be delivering that one. Those sweet NFL tie-dye uh, hats that made its de- the debut this week. Big John Stud, what's going on? Hey guys, how you doing? The wild one, Wild Bill. Yeah. What's going down? Um, we got we got a lot of good news to cover uh, for once right now in Philadelphia sports. But uh, right, I want to start things off just to kind of uh, dedicate this episode fifty three to um, a true legend that we lost today. Uh, who that is Eddie Van Halen. He passed away at the age of 65 to cancer. Um, I don't really think I need to explain to any of our listeners or anyone um, on this podcast about how much of a inspiration he is. I mean, he basically might be one of the biggest, the biggest legends of our, of our time, our generation. I mean, uh, he, he kind of came, he kind of came about, you know, before our time here, fellas. But I mean, all I mean, you you can't really name a successful rock band or a successful guitar player that grew up throughout our generation that was not inspi- inspired by the guy in some way, shape, or form. Uh, he was a true pioneer um, and just uh, a very, very gifted virtuoso guitar player, songwriter, and. Uh, he he'll 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 be missed. Um, I don't think you're gonna find another one that sounds like him. He's like uh, he's just like your Stevie Ray Vaughan, your Jimi Hendrix. It's just it's to that to that level of of uh, of sound and and um, he was a true artist. I mean he 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 was basically like he made he made improvisation fucking like acceptable and cool within like mainstream rock and. And, and metal. It was, it's crazy. I mean, he's, he never, he never learned how to read music. You know, he always just learned it by ear and, uh, and just created, a, it, it, that lent to him creating his own style with the whole tapping technique and everything. It's just, you know, and just to think like you're, you wouldn't have had Dimebag Daryl Abbott from Pantera if you didn't have Eddie Van Halen. And there's, that's just, just mind blowing. They're both gone. So it's just, it's just crazy. So, shout out to to Mr. Mr. Eddie Van Halen. We'll miss you. And uh, that's uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, but moving on to um, some good news. The in the Sixers on the Sixers forefront, we we got our guy, fellas. I think we've got the guy that we Sitting there watching the NBA playoffs year after year and watching Doc Rivers teams, we were always like, "Man, why can't we? Why can't we just get a guy like Doc?" I mean, no disrespect to Brett Brown, hell of a nice guy, um, but you know, obviously couldn't get it done. And it's just one of those things. It's like, man, why can't we just get a, a high-profile coach in here 
uh, a legit high-profile coach who has the respect of the players, has the respect of the league, and just just get in here and just kick some ass. And I think you, I think Doc Rivers is the closest you're going to get to you know, especially to what was out there. I mean, the guy got what he got fired by the Clippers with two years left on his deal. They knew it wasn't shaken out the way it was what was planned. And he was unemployed for like, I don't know what, three, three days. And the Sixers scooped him up. It was a no brainer in my eyes. Um, I don't know about him, you know, dropping the nickname doc. Um, I get why he's doing it supposedly, you know, to pay, to pay respects to, um, you know, the doctor in Philadelphia, but you know, I think I think there's room for two. I mean, there's there's the doctor, and then there's the new doc. So I don't know. Welcome, new doc. That's all I gotta say. I'm I'm stoked. Um, I don't know if you guys heard the press conference yesterday, but um, it just got me excited again for Sixers basketball. Um, and it and it checked a big a big uh, a big um, a big thing off the list. Um, it's a long list of things that need to be fixed. They obviously know that, but I, I want to say, and I want to assume, and I will go out on a limb and assume with this, that, that they got this right. 100%. I think they got uh... this right. And, and I want to say this other than Larry Brown, I think Doc Rivers is probably the, the highest profile coach in Sixers history that I can, that I can think of. I mean, we won a title with Billy Cunningham, but I didn't. I don't think he was like one of the like main like high profile coaches at that time at that era. And would you even say like would would Doc Rivers be a bigger name than than Larry Brown? Yeah, I think so. So I mean, this is this could be big, man. This could be huge. It's, it's nice to finally have a. Uh, a NBA champion coach uh, to to lead a uh, a bunch of men or boys that are going to be turned into men soon. Yeah, and I think Doc Rivers can can do that. I think he can he can help you know turn these boys who think they're men because they're getting paid like men, but into men. Yeah, into into what a, a true professional athlete champion ch- championship pedigree. Right. And we, talk we, about a, we need sorry. to read that championship pedigree. That's what it is. I think we have the talent. It's just they need to be shown the way, right? Like like we keep saying, we need that. I think Doc could be that Moses Malone coming in and saying, Hey Joel, you know, no more Chick-fil-A, big man. You know, leave you know, well, why don't we start why don't we start hitting the hitting the salad bar down here in the cafeteria and just leave the Chick-fil-A for, you know. Special, special, special occasions. You know what I'm saying? He um, he definitely has dealt with a lot of large personalities. Yeah. So that's 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 really good too. I like that. It's not like, you know, Brett Brown who, who was an assistant and and maybe dealt with a few large personalities as an assistant. But Doc is coached. I mean, arguably, you know, a top, you know, top three guy in the league with with Kawhi Leonard and, you know. Talk about uh, you know, the big three in Boston with uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, and I mean that team was, you know, almost a bona fide dream team when you look back at it. The way the way it was 
sort of put together. So like young Rajon Rondo, full piss and vinegar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and see what he did with those guys. Be the. I mean, basically the like he mentioned in the press conference, or somebody mentioned one of the media guys from Philly was like, you know, you were pretty much the last Eastern Conference team to beat LeBron James. How yeah. does that? You know, and now you're, you know, now you're now you're coming into the Eastern Conference back again and you know it's you know it's exciting yeah absolutely absolutely it's gonna be interesting to see how he handles uh joe you know who i'm excited about excited for the most is i think tobias harris because i think tobias harris is gonna is gonna feel um like he's he's back right back at home Yep. I think I think Doc's going to find that comfort zone for him again, that sweet spot, because he 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 was killing it under Doc in in L.A. And I think when he came here, he honestly just struggled to find his role, like many other people who who came and went through through the revolving door here uh, of the past this, of several years, just not being able to establish a role, not being really trusted in a role. And it, I think it was, it's just been too much turnover and hopefully doc can kind of, uh, you know, um, put that to rest. Well, and you'll, you'll definitely see, you know, somebody put a, a boot up Ben Ben's ass. I hope so. I mean, that's, like, that's, that's what we're hoping for, man. Like, and, it, and I think, I think t- it's interesting you bring that up, Jesse, cause I thought that too. I said, you know, we all we all thought about it. It's like when if and when Brett Brown gets fired, is that the end of Ben Simmons in Philly? And what would it take to keep Ben motivated here and driven? And I think Doc Rivers is one of the very few people that you can give Ben Simmons and you know as a coach and it, just to, for him to to listen to. You know, yeah, and if it's, it's, and if Ben respect, you know, if if Ben tunes him out and won't respect Doc Rivers, then there's not a coach in this league he's going to respect. No, and you know what? Yeah, someone, someone's other, some other team can have have him. You know, it's it's their problem then. You know, because yeah, it's I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's wishful, it's 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 wishful thinking to think that you know someone other than doc at this point around the league, you know, won't get the respect from high profile players. And I, you know, and I, and I mean, I think Ben is talented, but I don't think he's a superstar yet. Like, like he thinks he is. And like, like he's been, like he's been told and he, how he's been treated and like he's getting paid. I mean, he hasn't done anything yet. Neither is Joel. So hopefully doc, let me, you know, just gives them that swift kick in the ass and, and gives them a harsh sense of reality. And, and it's coming from a real winner now. It, you know, it's a, it's a great point, Matt, about Tobias Harris too. Totally sort of dawned on me when you said that, that, you know, he coached him, traded him, you know, it, it's gotta be, we, we sort of felt as if when Tobias got here and says stayed here, we haven't seen his true potential and hoping that no. Doc can sort of bring that out on him would, is really exciting as well. Yeah, because I feel like he knows he knows how to work Tobias Harris, like what what makes him successful on the floor. 
So if he can figure out other pe- the pieces to go, I'm not saying that Tobias Harris is going to be the cornerstone of the 76ers. We all know who that still is, but he'll know how to, he'll know, uh, you know, and it's going to take a little bit of time. I, th- I don't, I don't expect it to be an instant, you know, like turnkey success. We're going to, you know, start out the, the year, you know, uh, 20 and oh, it's just, I think um, there's going to be some line experiment, you know, and he said it in his press conference. We're gonna have to, he's going to have to experiment with lineups. He's going to have to experiment with matchups and different things of that, that sort. And I get that, but I think I have a lot more confidence in Doc Rivers figuring out what's going to work consistently throughout a full season and, and give us legs throughout the playoffs. Then, you know, it was just with Brett Brown. You just never knew what you were going to get out there. No, you know, if you can turn, if Doc Rivers can turn Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris into uh, Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, and Paul Pierce, yeah, you know, not in that order, obviously, but you know, like that's that's exciting. And because- I think this is a big year for Josh Richardson too. Josh Richardson's still young. I think he's still like 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 a lot of what we've been saying here is like. I don't know if he's been coached up the right way yet. So let's see what Doc Rivers can do with him. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's going to, I'll tell you one thing though, from a, from a fan's perspective, I feel like, um, I, I, you know, it's Philly. How how quickly are people going to want to see the change in Ben Simmons before they're like sick of it? You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be an interesting sort of storyline going into the season. Like everyone's like Ben Simmons needs to shoot. Ben Simmons needs to shoot. And and I, and I agree, but it'll be interesting to see how doc sort of um, navigates that yep. from, from a PR perspective and from an in-game perspective, because it's one of the biggest things that I think, you know, Brett had to deal with. Well, and also how is he going to handle uh, Joel Embiid shooting? You know, I mean, I mean, he did t- touch a little bit on that during the presser, you know, saying that, you know, in this new NBA, you know, you have to expect your big man to, to take threes. A lot of big men run the, you know, can bring the ball up and run an offense. But is that right for Joel Embiid? He said that, you know, that's one of the things that makes him special. But I think, I think, the you know, it, it was, I think there's a place for it but not the way that Brett Brown just let him go run amok. It just yeah, almost seemed like he was just out there just playing street ball sometimes. It was just he was running amok. He was just, you know, he would just stand there and camp out on that three-point line where it's, and, and it would make the offense would just be stagnant. There'd be no movement. So, you know, I'm all for him popping up, taking the three every now and again if it's a smart shot and it's a high-percentage shot and it's and it's done, you know, tastefully but it's just it was just every 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 it got to the point where every time they went down you know in an offensive set you were just praying that he wasn't going to take a three and more often than not that's what we had to end up settling on because no one else you know no one else could hit threes that's why i love the the sort of juxtaposition of of the boston big three and this big three because if if you remember you know, with Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett was a three-point shooter as a big yeah. man, yeah. but he got down and dirty down low. 
And I think that if they can do that with Joel and sort of show him, listen, you're still going to get your touches at three, but we want you to just be a, a fiend monster. But you need yeah, to work. Well. You need to work. You need to go to work. Like no. we're, yeah, we're going to reward you, but you got to, you got to give me, you got to put in that work. You got to, you got to give me that. You got to give me that dog. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I'm, 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 I'm excited again. Am I going to be, you know, gung ho, hoorah, we're going to go fucking 20 and oh, you know, right out the gate and expect that? No. I mean, I've said it. I still hold, I'm still sticking to my guns for all Philly sports. I'm excited Doc Rivers is here, but I'm excited for him to, to show me and show the fans that, hey, you know, this, this, this management team, they did something right. They got it right. And now I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring out, I'm going to show you what they've been trying to do for the past three seasons or however long it's been uh, since, since the process, you know? Yeah. They could have literally went out and gotten some college coach or, you know, Billy Donovan or not as a sexy as of a name. And I don't think people would be as excited, but I think, you know, I don't think the Sixers thought that Doc Rivers was going to become available. And I think you're probably looking at Mike D'Antonio. And I think we were all expecting Mike D'Antonio. But, but man, things happen for reasons. And, and that thing that happened might really turn out to be one of the best things that for us. One of the best. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's why I brought up, can you think of a, a higher profile coach ever in Sixers history? I can't. No. The only one that comes close is Larry Brown. But, you know, I mean, you kind of laid it out pretty, pretty well. I mean, he was he was an assistant. He, I mean, he just doesn't come from the championship. He doesn't have that championship pedigree, you know. Yeah. And I think like Larry Brown, if I if I can look up correctly, he really wasn't a very big name before the Sixers. No. Coach the Pacers. Um, oh man, I didn't realize he coached a ton of teams. Yeah, and he coached Larry Brown coached the Nets, the Nuggets, the Spurs, the Clippers, and the Pacers before coaching the Sixers. That's the one thing I will say about AI. I think Allen Iverson helped put Larry Brown on that map. Sure did. <clears throat> That was like the QB head coach relationship equivalent, the NBA equivalent to an NFL quarterback head coach relationship, that chemistry. For sure. Bill, big Sixers guy over there. I'm not a What do you think? What do you think of the new Doc in town? I don't know. I'm not sold on Doc. Wow. I, I have to see something out of him. Um, well, I mean, he won. He he won a championship in Boston, and, and he, I mean that's not a little feat. That team was extremely stacked, extremely stacked. Mm-hmm. L.A. had extremely stacked. Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin in their prime couldn't get to the conference finals. Was consistently outcoached in the West, consistently. And then he couldn't get there with Kawhi and Paul Leonard and Lou Williams. I mean, Patrick Beverly, I, Morris, Matisse Morris. He couldn't figure out how to beat the Nuggets. 
Uh, um, uh, a lot of his faults are what Brett Brown is. He's a motivator, not an X in the nose kind of guy, not good on in-game adjustments, more of a kind of a, a player's coach. Um, I think it's all going to depend on if we bring in a guy like Alvin Gentry to be his assistant because he is an offensive coach and knows how to put guys in good positions. But I feel like we got a better version of Brett Brown, and I don't know if that's what this team needs right now. So, and don't forget, he traded Tobias away. So the Tobias love, I don't know, I believe, because he had a strong say, if not, was not, he might have even been the GM in L.A. I don't know if he had the title officially, but he had a lot of say. He's the one that shipped Tobias out of town. So, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, I think it was, I'm personally a Ty Lue guy, but I think it was, we needed somebody, I think, I don't know, that the team could grow with a little bit, but, you know, hopefully maybe Doc can, 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 can get their ears and, you know, prove me wrong, but I feel a lot of shortcomings in L.A. And even in Boston, he had the one ring, but, uh, uh, you know, they had three top 50 NBA players on that team. I mean, it, it's, you know, we don't have that. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I'm a little more with this team that I'm not even worried about Ben shooting as much because things that I read and, you know, they're only articles um, say that Doc might go up Ben like he did with Blake Griffin. But Blake Griffin always did shoot the ball a little bit, and Ben doesn't explode at the rim. Like I mean, Griffin might be one of the – I could argue he's the greatest in-game dunker to ever play the game. Blake Griffin goes at that rim like it owes, like, like it owes him money. Hard. And that's something Ben doesn't do. He'll do it on the fast break, but when there's people in there, he don't go through them like a guy like Blake does. And a lot of what Doc does are, like, off the elbows or, like, double drag sets. And I don't know. I just feel like, yes, Doc's going to be an upgrade from Brett. I don't, I, I don't, I don't ignore that. Um, but the way this roster is currently constructed, I think it's, it's – Don't forget he also traded Blake Griffin as well, so. I'm not, I'm not saying Blake Griffin's a great guy. I'm saying that's – I'm comparing that to, like, that's one of his his knocks throughout his tenure as a coach is does he develop talent? And mm-hmm. that's kind of get called into question a lot with him everywhere he's been. And what do we need in Philly? Somebody to develop talent. Now maybe this if this works and somebody, you know, who has NBA experience like him from the head coaching championship level himself will I mean, one of his strengths is getting you know, I guess, uh, coaching veterans well. Um, ben and Joel are getting close to being Joel getting close to being a veteran. It's his fifth year, so he's kind of close to that level. So hopefully, maybe he can get to Joel and really, ha- you know, get him to turn around and get in shape. Because you're not going to win games when our center can't make up the court. Um, I strongly, strongly, strongly feel I'll argue this with anybody, whether I'm right or wrong. I I won't waver on this because I have argued with people who are Sixers fan. Part of Joel's shooting so many threes because he's fucking fat and lazy and can't run up the court. So he just camps out there because he's capable of making them, 
Yeah, that, that's not where he belongs. He should be taking one or two threes a game tops. Top, maybe three. If it happens that way. He should be in the paint. That's it. That's where he needs to live. Because he's such a, such a good foul shooter. Just get foul. Get everybody in foul trouble in the post. And then dominate. Slows the game down. And with and and with Toby, I think his issue is is why he's been traded three times. He's a really good role player, but has it in his head that he's a superstar, and he's not. He's a really good player. Like, I like him as a player. And I don't mind him being a starter, but he's the fourth or fifth option for a reason. He's not athletic. He's not quick. He's not consistent. He's good at a lot of things, but when I mean, I watch this guy now for a year and a half, and I see it every big moment. He just he can create space. He's too small to power a big power forward, and he's too slow to take a, a true three off the ball. He's, you know, and so I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, unless Doc get Joel. We, we knew that getting him, though, Bill, is that, like, we knew that, like, he couldn't, he's not a creator. He, his game is coming off screens, popping off, you know, um, and, you know, pick and rolls and stuff. He, 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 he can't, he can't. You're right. He can't create his own space. He can't create his own shot. And we, but we knew that. And but were plays ever run for him like that under Brett Brown? No. So the hope is that Doc, you know, makes that adjustment for him. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess that there's that hope. But reality is, is he's eating up a lot of resources with that salary. So again, this goes back to, you know, I think this, uh, John, you brought up a good point. Is like I think. If we brought in, even at the bare minimum, a Rajon Rondo, somebody who can create for other guys on the floor because, you know, as good of a facilitator Ben is, I'm not sure he, he does a really good job creating for other people. Well, that's the, that's the big question, right? So you look, at, you look at Doc Rivers' teams, he's always had a pretty legitimate point guard. Rajon Rondo, Chris Paul, Patrick Beverly, uh, Patrick Beverly. I love Patrick. Beverly. Um, These guys, no, and so and, so like you look at that and you go, okay, is is he going to turn Ben? Is he going to let Ben run the point and be that guy? No, and then he's you not. get rid of a, and then you get rid of a Josh Richardson, yeah. or do you, or Boy. do you, or do you take a guy like Al Horford and package him up with somebody, and you go out and get a. Here we go, a Chris Devin Paul. Booker. Devin a, Booker. Devin yeah, Booker. I mean, not Devin. You're not going to get Devin Booker, but oh some, my god, I would love it. And so, you don't think, but that's the thing. You don't think Doc Rivers has that pull, has that sway? Of no. Like, no, I mean, I think that I think that guys would want to play for Doc Rivers, yes, but I don't think Phoenix is going to give you Devin Booker for Al Horford and you know Matisse Thybul. I think that it would cost. Devin a lot more than that. I think that what, you, what you could get, if you look at the Lakers right now, like they needed a point guard. They went out and they got Rajon Rondo, who we've probably all thought to ourselves, like, is this guy still in the league? Like he hasn't, he's been playing on like Sacramento. Like he's been in like, well, he's he, been, he was in he's Chicago been, for a, a, a small hurt. stand. He's been hurt a lot too. So that's why you think that he's gone. You know? Right. He's <laughs> older. But my point is you can get a, it's my, it's my, my whole thing about big men. You, you can get a point guard, a serviceable point, point guard cheap. Now, do uh, someone like Chris Paul is expensive. I understand that. But Chris Paul is a, is a quarterback. 
it's the type of guy that's going to take the ball up to up to half court. He's going to get to the top of the key. He's going to hold the ball, wait for a set, call a play, and and roll from there. Now, I don't think you're going to get somebody like that if Ben Simmons isn't going to shoot the ball. Agreed. So it's going. That's why I think it's going to be interesting. I think in order for Ben Simmons to be really good, he's going to have to be able to shoot the ball. And if Ben Simmons is not going to shoot, then he's going to be a point guard, and he's that's what his his mo is going to be. He's going to be like a Lonzo Ball. No, I I don't think he's going to be a point guard for Doc because Doc's already said it numerous times in interviews since he's been the coach hired already that he uh, he he believes truly in positionless basketball in this day, in this NBA. Yeah, he's not going to put labels on guys, and that is literally directed towards Ben Simmons, saying you're not the point guard. We're going to run the ball through you a lot. You're going to get it and go. But I'm telling you, that is Doc Rivers saying you're not the point guard, Ben. Because ben I, just, that's, you know, that's fine, Bill, but that's going to be very hard when he's playing like a three or a four and he has to shoot the ball. I agree. That's what, no, John, that's, that's the problem is I do accept coaching. It wasn't Brett's lack of coaching. I'm accepting the fact that Ben and Joel cannot be on the same team. This team can excel. I'm not going to say if Ben shoots, because this is year four, he's not shooting. If he turns around tomorrow and shoots, things can change. But as they sit now, I am done projecting with the team. If they do this, if they do that, this is a 45-win team, give or take, probably 50 with Doc, a three to six seed, and a second-round exit team with how we're constructed now, you know. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the, my reality is Ben and Joel have had four years and they're regressing. And I'm not there. They can't play together. And I, I mean, if they come out this season and Ben starts shooting, okay, I'm wrong. But so let me let me ask now. you this question, because you're you seem very passionate about that. And I respect it. Knowing that you feel like those guys can't coexist, what is your Christmas list for the Sixers if they have to get rid of one of them? My Christmas list would be we trade probably Joel, because I think he has the most value for sure. I think Joel has the, the most value. And the least and, amount of rubber on the tires, right? I mean, Joe. I mean, Joel. I think real, real, like realistically, has two or three more years of being healthy before he really starts breaking down when he gets to his early thirties. So I think a championship. My dream scenario would be trade Joel to the Warriors for like an Andrew Wiggins. That's my dream scenario. Okay. I wish it should have been that draft. We were winless for Wiggins that year. We wanted him for a reason. You get a guy like Wiggins who's 6'8", can guard anybody, kind of like a Ben. You put them together. You get your shooter, you know, your couple shooters. I don't care if we have Toby still or whoever. And you put guys that can guard multiple, multiple positions. I mean, the, 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 the heat. You got guys that can guard multiple spots pretty much, and everybody can shoot. And the one or two guys that can't do everything else really well. And, and that's where I see it, like, I, like that's my wish list is we trade Joel for a Wiggins or a Zach Levine. Um, I don't want and then, money. And then you're, and then what you're going to do for big man is you're going to just find like a, 
Kelly Olnick or like a, 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 a Lopez brother or something like that, which I'm fine with. I just Give me a drumming. You, I agree with what you said, John, 100%. You can find guys for $5, 10000000 more okay. than minimum, but not max money, and get guys that can play rim, can, can hit alley-oops and block shots. That's all we need from a center. Because I, I we feel have like – Especially if you're playing, if you're taking the positionless approach, right? You need balance more than anything. So you need guys that can just be plugged in and, and they can they, it can they can plug and play. You got guys that can go from the two to the four, you know? And but it's just, guys like and, guys like a JaVale McGee. People yeah. make fun of him or whatever. Dwight. Hard probably four spots on the floor, legitimately. You can yeah. go. And he blocks, he hustles, he plays defense, he puts back offensive rebounds. That's it. Look, they've got to run plays for him. Like, that's what you're right, John. That's what the Sixers should probably go in the direction if we get rid of Joel is to fill Ben with two or three legit scorers and then a, a center guy who can play guard center and then let Ben just kind of flow everywhere and let him kind of flow in the game. And, I mean, that's pretty much – like, that got me excited thinking about that because – I just don't see with Ben and Joe how this is going to work. I, I, I just don't see when two guys want to be in the paint. Well, one guy doesn't want to be in the paint, and he should be in the paint. Right. So um, that, that's my six years feel. And then you got one guy who, who drives into the paint but doesn't know what to do with the ball. Not, and that's what I'm saying. Like, just shoot those little seven-foot jumpers all day. Don't kind of get crazy. You drive in past the foul line, and if you can get to the rim, great. But he don't go at the rim hard. He goes for those fucking layups. He goes hard on fast breaks or if there's nobody there. But he don't want to buy – like, that's what I'm saying. Look, when I said, you know, because I've seen it twice already, people compare Ben to Blake Griffin. And they keep saying the same thing, and they're right. He's bet Blake minus the ferocity that Blake dunks the ball with. Yeah. That, like, he almost wants you to try to block him. He's, he's, he's going to jump over you and through you. It's interesting. you. And they both created Kardashians. It's interesting you uh, brought up Blake Griffin as one of the best in-game dunkers of all time because um, he has had his moment uh, dunking the ball. He has had many moments. But... I, I also wouldn't be – I mean, I don't want to build the L.A. Clippers in Philadelphia, but I wouldn't be opposed to a Blake Griffin on this team at all. No. At all. Now, I have to tell you who I would love to get is Shamit back, Lou Williams, or Patrick <laughs> Beverly. Give me any one of those. I, I, would get, I would take Patrick Beverly over all of them. Well, I think I, that's what they, the Sixers like about Matisse. No, I like Matisse. I think he should start. I, I bet you he starts this year for Doc. I guarantee he's the starter. Because he's our best defender, and there's no reason he shouldn't be starting. Like, it, it's, I, I think Doc's going to have to make some moves in the offseason, but they're saying that one of the things is he's not going to have sway in the front office, whether that's just what they're telling the media because they don't want to cut off Elton's balls. Who knows? That's something else that we got to do some digging on as a forfeit. He's definitely going to be in Elton's year. I mean, I think ultimately Elton's going to have the, 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 final, the final say, but there's, there's no way that he's not – a partner to Elton Brand at this point. I think Elton's got a short leash this year. Uh, Elton's only a second year, really, and he still uh, he still all the, all the Galangelo people in there. Like he's on crazy. he's on a short leash. Uh, leash, I guarantee you. 
Oh, if, I mean, they, if they turn around and, and, and say, okay, we're going to trade Joel, which, which for the record, I don't think happens until after year one of Doc Rivers. Yeah, I don't think it happens this year. He's going to be like, let's see what I have, what I can do with these pieces. Um, I think that it could happen during the season. I don't, I don't, then you know what, Bill, then, then you're, then you're, then you're, it might happen at at all-star break if Doc, you know, takes the first half of the year and he knows for sure, like, you know what, he, and he walks into Elton's office and he's just like, yeah, I've seen enough. Uh, There's just no, there's no way in hell I can make this work, you know? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he, he would, he would see what he's got with his, with his chess pieces first. I, and 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 which I tell me which which I tell me is that this year we're not really gonna have expectation. It's gonna be more give Doc a year to feel out the team and get in who he wants, which is I guess fine. I understand that to an extent, but now we're year seven of a fucking rebuild, and it's like Jesus. We we had a half a season with Jimmy Butler for the actual process team, and now it's been fucking blown up after half a year. And now we're signing, giving guys deals that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I almost uh, feel like I almost feel like when Jimmy Butler left, that was it. Like no, that it was it was it was, it was it was no more it was no more year five year six like that was that was the end. Now and we are, then this it, it, this it, it, last it, year was year one. You know, like like it, you said it, Bill. You said it a while back. You said you know. The process was getting Jimmy Butler. That was the point of the process, and we blew it. So, right then and there, it was like we're this is this is rebuild 2.0. This is like phase two. And that's very and that's why I'm very adamant about we're trading Ben or Joe within the next 12 months, if sooner. I feel very adamant about that because we need to get somebody else in here. These two are not working together. I, I, I mean, I, I know they say they haven't had enough time on the court, but it, I, I maybe again, I, I and there's reports that they don't get along too. But I agree with you. I agree with you there in the sense that I feel like it's on everyone. I, I think it's it has now entered everyone's mind that it is going to be a possibility that they they are going to have to trade one of the two, one of them. But I also agree with John that. I don't think it happens this year. It would something would have to go so catastrophically wrong for them to have to pull the trigger before the end of this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. I just think that they have too much vested in in those two guys still, regardless of whether they think it's ultimately going to work or not. I think they're going to give it one more year with a new coach totally fresh eyes and see what, see what he can do with it in a season and then see what they have to do from there. I mean, and I, I think that there's going to be a number of moves made before that move, that button is ultimately pushed because they're going to, they're going to try to salvage it as much as, as much as they can and see if they can fix it. But I, I agree with you. I think that, I think that it it, it is it, it has entered everyone's mind. It's in the back of everyone's mind now. There's also going to be going some, to have to be a strong possibility. There's also going to be some interesting things going in to this off season 
not even happening with the Sixers, but with other teams that I think will affect whether they move on from a Joel or a Ben. You know, if Giannis opts in, takes a Supermax for the Bucks, or if he says, screw it, and I'm going to go, you know, talk to someone like Miami. I see him leaving. You know, I think if Giannis goes to the Heat, I mean, you look out, you know. Yeah. Um, You're right. If he, if, if he does that, it doesn't matter. It's going to be Heat and Warriors in the finals next year. So chalk it up. <laughs> you know, we still have, you know, KD, healthy KD working with Kyrie. Um, and we'll see what Steve Nash is as a head coach. That, that'll be that, that'll be interesting to see. Honestly, I think that's going to be a bigger debacle than the Sixers. Kyrie Irving is a cancer, and he's destroyed that team his first year there this past year, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, I also feel like there, there's another storyline in Washington that no one's talking about. You got John Wall finally, finally healthy, but uh, Bradley Beal has been talked about on the trading block for years now. Yeah. Um, will that, will that either, you know, will that, will they turn the page on one of those guys? I would love uh, to get Bradley Beal. I know He's John a- Wall's contract is super, super crazy expensive. Um, but there, there's another guy that probably would be available. And, and then you also ball. have, you also look at the Pacers and, you know, Victor Oladipo is kind of, you know, you know, out, out there saying he's done with the Pacers. So, I mean, that's another guy who I would be, you know, hey, hey Ben, you know, you want to go play in Indiana? I'll trade you for Victor Oladipo. Yeah. You know, or if you want to get rid of a Joel, but I mean, the Pacers already have a Sabonis as a big man, but you know, there there are a lot of guys out there. You know, the Raptors are going to be look to maybe rebuild a little bit with you know a couple free agents they have. So it'll be very interesting to see. There's a lot of moving Pacers things. Are not like guaranteed to be a top echelon team in East, like. We might really be a six, seven, eight team next year. A healthy team. I'm fine with that. And and like, cause I mean, don't and and don't forget about the um, the Celtics who are going to make moves. Tatum Tatum probably going to be arguably the best player with Jimmy Butler and Giannis in the East next year. He's already on that brink, so he's a year better. I mean, we're like that's what I'm saying. Like like Matt said, what we said. This is we're basically in a rebuild, and that's why if. Joel, yeah, they were younger, and, and, and I don't want to give up on them per se. But some, you know, it don't, don't take much. It's not like we're losing games competitively. Like we were getting embarrassed. We got swept. Like good teams never get swept. Good teams, let alone like great teams, and we got swept. So yeah, we're but a good team. you know, I'm 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 all for, and you know me, I'm all for Mister Neg being Mister Negative that this season, and and really shitting on those guys, but they, they were hurt. I mean, let's be honest, you know, without Ben, that team is completely different. And, you know, guys like Tobias, you know, I don't know, are the, the superstars that can just take over a team like, like a Kawhi could if Paul George was out. Totally. You know I mean? John, yeah. Yeah. And if they would have lost four to one, I wouldn't say anything. But getting swept is so fucking embarrassing in the NBA. They couldn't oh, even win. If we lost four to one, Brett Brown might but still be here. We also didn't make any any moves that made our team team better pre-COVID. Anyway, we made two moves that everyone was like, "Oh, we're really excited about Alex Burks from the Warriors." Like, I hope no, guy, th- that's why our best players in the bubble. You're th- our best players. Understand that, but. It, it, it didn't help you win a game in the in the playoffs. 
you know, like Brett's rotation at all in the playoffs, or actually, I, I, I yeah, I'm so like mad that I defended Brett for so long as a coach. He fucking sucked. Well, I mean, sometimes it takes you know three years or or two years. I mean, g- give the guy a little bit of. I will give him this. I mean, he dealt with shit for a long time, but it a was revolving door of shit too. I, it was interesting to me how. After, you know, he got Joel healthy, then Ben came on. And then you look back and you're like, did he make any guys better? Well, you, you go like, okay, how can he make Ish Smith better? You know what I mean? Like, how, how can how can he make guys that probably should be in the G League better? And you're like, all right, give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what he gets superstars or, or better players. And then he gets better players and they don't get better. And I think that was the enlightening moment for me saying, I don't know if this guy's got it. You know, but you have a good point about Doc, Bill. I mean, you know, sitting here thinking about it, like other than maybe like Rondo, who was who was young. You know, Paul Pierce was old by the time Paul Pierce and Kevin Kevin Garnett were old by that time. That whole team was old guys. Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, arguably three top 50 players. What what was nice about what was nice about the Celtics roster it was built with some a little bit of what I'll use as as bully ball. You got yeah. had guys like Kendrick Perkins. You had yeah. guys like Big Baby, who I know we like to throw around the gifts and the memes about those guys, but like those guys came in and gave you that that spark of like, that you know, dog. I'm not taking sh- exactly. I'm not taking shit from you. Kendrick Perkins was a dog. Like he was a dog. Like yeah, he he, he didn't put up big had, numbers, but got, those are the guys you need. That, that that's why. I, go ahead, sorry. I'm sorry. The only guy we have any dog in him is Mike Scott, and he don't play. Yeah, <laughs> like three minutes a game. Yeah, and and like I mean, like I won, like like I don't know how else to say this other than go to Camden and like put a sign outside. Like I need a Morris brother on this team. I need a Morris brother. You know, I I and, I mean, and that's like, the attitude at that the, I think Doc's gonna bring. I'm looking at the screen right now, like like a Crowder, you know, yeah, like a guy like that who I just would get in someone's face and not take any. Look, like, like uh, give me both of those, a uh, Morris brother and Crowder, right there. Give me both like, Morris right brothers and a Crowder. One time, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, like like that's the thing. That's like, the other look, thing that look, I look, look. They're both fighting each other now. Like that's what you need. Yeah, I. I I feel like that's another thing that I've been saying a lot is that we need a, a toughness, a grit, um, a little bit of attitude. And I think that we had, we, we had that in the last couple of years, but it was fake. It was fake. It was, it was gel and bead, like, you know, f- fake pushing a guy or flopping. I-, I need like a real guy that's going to defend his teammates. Like, and I use the word goon. But I need like a I need an enforcer, and you yeah. guys know that from playing basketball. Like you always need that one guy that's just going to be like, need, oh, you got hard fouled. Oh, it's yeah. okay. Coming down the court, you're going to get like an elbow to the face. I might get teed up for it or thrown out, but you'll think about it the next time. Yep. Yeah. We also need we also need just one guy who is just a lights out lockdown automatic shooter three point shooter. Nope. Just. You, 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 when he's in the game, you're, it, it's, it's basically, it's basically four on four because 
the other team has to have one guy on him at all times. Yeah. And, and oh, keep the floor stretched. You mean JJ Redick? Oh yeah, we we let him walk over. <laughs> well, I, I, I know, I know, but hey, Bill, that that was that was process. That was pre-rebuild. This is no, you know JJ that's what I'm saying. Here. Like was here with Jimmy. That lineup was the perfect lineup to come back this year. When JJ, those guys left, when those guys left, that was it. I was like, that's it. It's done. Like the process is over. Like. No more Sam Hinkie this, Sam Hinkie that. Everything Sam Hinkie tried to do, it worked. We but we blew it. We 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 got cute, and we let our uh, you know people let their personal emotions get get in the way and their ego get in the way of winning, and and you know we're we're, we're seeing what you know we're we're paying the price now by watching Jimmy Butler in the finals taking a five seed. Heat team to the finals. So, I don't another I name, another name to uh, throw out there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get in trouble for it, but not not Steph Curry, his younger brother oh, Steph yeah. Curry. Oh, I want want to come here. You who, to uh, who has a little bit of a uh, a connection with Doc Rivers? If you don't know, he's married. Seth Curry is married to Doc Rivers' daughter. Yes. So uh, just make make a nice uh, connection here and good player. He's a Curry, you know. Hey, Elton Brand, if you're listening, which I know you do, listen to Forfeit Podcast. I know you're one of our faithful listeners. It's okay. Um, good Don't luck. Don't be shy. Don't, Don't be go shy. Out and, go out and get these guys, man. Go yeah. out and get these guys. And come on the podcast. Don't be shy. Come out on the podcast. Don't be shy. That's right. So speaking of GMs, we uh, we we recently fired one in, in the city of Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Phillies have uh, recently fired, aka demoted Macklintack um, yeah. as the general manager of the of the Fighting Phils and. Well, uh, one of the worst general managers in baseball. I was going to say Jesse Lorenz is probably no one's happier than Jesse Lorenz in the tri-state area right now. Jesse, I, care to I, elaborate how how happy you are? I was elated. Um, some of the stuff that um, Middleton said was kind of disheartening because some of it was good, some of it was bad. Like he talked about how basically for over a hundred years, the Phillies have been terrible at, at drafting and scouting players, which is absolutely true. I mean, it, you, you take out the 80 team that, that run in the eighties and the run in the, the early two thousands and them getting lucky in, in, um, 93, they've been, and maybe lucky in the sixties that they, they have been atrocious at evaluating players and drafting the prop, proper players and then developing them and getting them to the majors. They, they're one of the worst teams in baseball at doing any of those things. So it was good to see him tackle that head on. The thing that re- was infuriating is this is a guy that's worth, I think, $3.2 billion. And they asked him point blank about JT. And it was basically, oh, well, you know, JT is probably going to tr- test free agency and we don't know what's going on because we don't know what's going to happen with COVID and we don't know what's going to happen with budgets and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? 
all the teams that want to sign JT, none of them are going to have a problem. None of them are going to use that bullshit excuse. The, the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers or the, or the, the Braves or the, the Red Sox. None of those teams are going to be like, oh, well, you know, we lost money in COVID and we don't know when people are going to come back. So we're just not going to spend money. No, they're all going to spend money. And, and again, this guy plays in a top four media market, has a stadium that was bought for him by the taxpayers. He's worth $3.2 billion. It, it's either if you're unwilling to spend money, sell the team. At this point, sell the team. Take your profit and fuck off and get as far away from this team as you possibly can. Um, it's disgusting. And, you know... Hopefully he can he can make the right hires. You know they talked about how McPhail, who's also a, a useless uh, thief stealing money, is still going to stay on because his contract ends next year and he's going to help find the new GM. So that's kind of worrying. So well, what's your interview, Jesse? Did you put in? Did you <laughs> my my hope is that they they basically strike while the iron's hot and get a new president and a new GM. And like I was seeing on Twitter that they were saying, you know, a lot of guys in baseball feel like this job could be one of those high profile jobs because while their farm system is terrible, they've got a couple good pieces to build around and an owner that claims to be willing to spend money. So, you know, you factor those two things together and, and, you know, if you're if you're, you know, a Neander from the 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 Rays where your payroll is like forty million dollars a year, if you can go to a team that's you know two hundred million dollars a year, that's a that's an upgrade for you. So, you know, hopefully they can they can use that to their advantage and uh and and really poach a a good president slash GM. And I mean there's there's some really good guys out there like um Eric Neander's the top of the list. The, he he would be the crown jewel. Uh, the GM of the Indians would be a, a good get. The GM of the Twins would be a good get. Uh, anybody from the upper echelon of the A's would be a good get. I would even steal the um, the the player development guy from Tampa. Who there there were three guys from Tampa. There was Neander. There was this guy Peter Bendix and Hyam Bloom. And um, we had a chance to hire Haim, and we we didn't. And um, now now we can steal we could steal either the new the the up and coming Haim Bloom, which is this guy Peter Bendix, or take the architect of the whole thing and get Neander. And you know if if Middleton wants to talk his shit, and you know I want to win the fucking trophy, I want my fucking trophy back, and we're going to spend stupid money and this and that, like you need to go get a guy like Neander. And if you're going to let JT walk out the door and give away Sixto Sanchez in the process, you goddamn better get a guy that can unfuck some of these mistakes pretty quickly. And um, Neander's a guy that can do it. So hopefully they do it. Like, and it it's, it's good. Like you see like what Harper was putting out, how, you know, he, he's like, look, I'm not going to, it was basically like, I know what we need to do. I'm not even going to talk about it. Everybody knows what needs to be done. It wasn't good enough. We need to be better. And like, that's what you want to see out of the best player on your team. But it's good and bad. Like the picture that he posted with that message 
about, you know, we need to be in the playoffs next year is he's wearing a, a JT jersey. And it's like, you know, if they if they screw around with this and Harper feels like they lied to him, it, this could this could go from, you know, bad to really bad if if in a year Harper's like, I want out. I want out because he's got a team friendly deal to a team that that's trying to compete and trying to win world series that that money on a, on a year to year basis is easy to keep under the luxury tax and, and stay under the cap. And they, he could force his way out real quick if they screw around with JT. So the, the next couple months are going to be crucial for the Phillies for the future. Well, let's, get some, let's try to get some pitching in here that can, you know, maybe close out, close out some games, especially yeah. like six, seven run leads. Yeah, it, I mean, it was the worst bullpen in uh, modern modern baseball. It was the worst bullpen in the modern game. I think there were only one or two entire instances in all of baseball where there was a bullpen that was actually worse. Yeah, but not just our bullpen. Our our rotate, even our rotation had some it, had some glaring it issues. It, I mean, it wasn't great, but I mean, you you had you had a bullpen that I think they aver- they somebody did the math and it was like they were giving up two home runs a game. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was historically bad. Like no, no team is gonna gonna win when nope. when you're giving up two home runs a game yeah. in the tail end of the game. Like it, it, that's just not gonna happen. So it's like turnovers in football, man. It's hard. And, to win. And what was infuriating was like they had a bad bullpen to start the year. They traded a couple guys, and one of the one of the arms they gave up it was a young guy with a lot of potential. I mean, he wasn't like a top. He wasn't a sixto by any stretch of the imagination, but like he was a guy that you know probably could have made the made the show in a year or two as a as a decent guy in your pen. And they gave him away for I think for Workman, and the, the they traded young guys and they got slop back that was even worse than the slop they already had. And it's just like, and and again you look at you look at teams like Tampa, their Neander grabbed guys from the scrap heap. And magically, they started pitching well. There were guys that we released that ended up on their pitching staff that had monster years for them pitching. Like, yeah, this this organization is so bad at at, at you know at, at um, looking at talent, evaluating talent. And you go back to that JT deal. We were the only team that was willing to give up players at that point, that late in the season. We were the only team. And I feel like we were bidding against ourselves. And I, I feel like Clentac was like, hey, we'll give you six toe instead of, you know, starting with like, hey, we'll give you our number two, our number three and our number four. And, you know, Jorge Alfaro. How about that? No, he goes to the to the crown jewel. And then, oh, well, you know, we got two years out of him. So that was a pretty good haul. Because, you know, that that got us nothing. We didn't have, you know, playoffs. We didn't even have, like, exciting playoffs. September baseball. Like, fuck off with this. We gave up a guy that's going to ruin our, our season every year on the fucking Marlins for the next six or seven years. That guy is going to kill us every time we face him. And it, it's infuriating. The Marlins already kill us without it's yeah. okay, though. You have a handsome, handsome right fielder. We do. And he is the best player on the team, and he's earned every penny of his contract. Listen, when he when he pits a shit fit because they don't get his JT, 
uh, I'll pick him up in the Moab and drive his ass to the airport when he wants to get moved to some city. Just call me. I think pitching can fix this. It, I think pitching can fix the JT departure. Yeah. Pitching is goaltending. It's everything. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And it sucks that we're probably going to lose Didi, too. Uh, yeah. I like Didi. Come on. What's up, Bill? You don't think we're going to sign Didi? Well, we're not going to, like, because next, this offseason, there's only, like, one or two shortstops on, in free agency, and he's the uh, best of the, the bunch. Next year's free agent draft, or next year's free agent class, like, every good shortstop, there's, like, four or five guys that are, like, legit players. He's not going to sign another one-year deal. No. and And so he's going to try to get money now. So it's, like... If you can if you can lock him up two three years at a, at a decent at a decent rate, that's great. I mean, he played he he played great for us. He was a, a super reliable bat, and I would love to have him back, especially because we don't have anybody on our in our farm system or on the roster that can fill his spot. Oh, uh, I I was hoping that we were going to bring him back because he is a little older, but. You're right. Somebody don't give them stupid money unless unless all these teams are crying poor. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's, I guess, our only chance is that I know the way baseball is right now. Free agency is all fucked up still. So it's, you know, it's, I, I it's, mean, I, I still think they're going to use this as an opportunity to lock the players out. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if most of the owners cry poor. No, but, you're right. Because they're going to be like, we didn't have anybody in the fans last year. We lost. So many billions of dollars, we can't pay you on it. Like you're right, I think that. But all you, all you need is one owner to be like, "Fuck all you guys, I want to win," and then like. No, then yeah, right. It's just like you know the Yankees. You know, I mean, the handful of guys that spend money still. Watch, watch the Yankees bring them back. Oh, Didi, come back home. We'll take you back, Didi. The God. only the only thing we have is the fact that um. That that he has the connection with Girardi. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I I, I think that's a big reason. Joe's probably like, listen, you'll play every day here. You get a chance to, you know, if you play well, we'll try to maybe resign you. If not, you're going to get paid somewhere else. So it's a win-win for you. Come to town. But God, what a waste of this season! I can't believe we didn't make the playoffs. I hate this team. They had to win two games, Bill. Playoffs. We really didn't. We really didn't deserve the postseason. No, like you said Jesse, we can't. We can't win two games and we blow leads like we like 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 we were consistently on historically bad level. It's like we didn't deserve it. Let's also remember too that we're in a kind of a weird weird year too. So very weird. Not, not that that should be an excuse for everyone's on the same playing field, but I you you can't you can't sort of be blind to it and. Having shortened seasons, shortened seasons, seasons, excuse me, having, you know, uh, three month layoffs, uh, you know, you know, no preseason games in football, you know, things like that is uh, it's definitely an issue. I mean, look, look at the NBA. I mean, 
there, there's a lot of talk that, you know, players are around, around the league sort of feel like this championship is kind of like a, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it almost feels like it's just a, like a tour, like a one big, one big tournament. Yep. Yep. But it won't. It will stand as an NBA championship. Sure will. Sure will. Hey, um, speaking of wins, how about our beloved Eagles getting their first win of the week? Who? Hmm. Who? <laughs> Who? The Philadelphia Eagles squeaked out a win. Squeaked out a win on yeah. the West Coast against those Niners. Absolutely. I think I guaranteed that, didn't I? No, I'm kidding. You uh, did. <laughs> John <I> did. <laughs> John didn't guarantee shit. He caught it last week. I caught <laughs> it. John had a three-week guarantee running. <laughs> it, that, that guarantee ran. It was good for three weeks. Listen, two things before we get into the Eagles I just want to bring up. Uh, shout out to Russell Westbrook for tipping oh. his uh, hotel housekeeper – at the um, at the bubble, eight thousand dollars for uh, keeping his room straight and clean. I thought that was a a, a, a nice thing. Hawks class organization, class organization, nothing but class. No, Sorry. Russell Westbrook, bro. Huh? Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Well, him too. Him too. Seahawks, nothing but class. Oh yeah, um, shout out to Russell Westbrook. That's good for him. And then also shout out to shout out to to Aaron Rodgers um, playing yeah. with the slop that he plays with, as I always argue with Jesse about. Like the wide receivers that Aaron Rodgers has to deal with, he he makes them look like Pro Bowl Hall of Fame players. Man, he is such a good such a good. Oh, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Jones is total slop. Yeah. Okay. I feel so bad. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. He oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is. The best is Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are the two most talented quarterbacks. One hundred percent, physically, attributed wise. You could and you could put you could put our wide receiving core right now against Green Bay's wide receiver core, and if you switch quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers would make our guys Hall of Famers. Yeah, uh, it's not good. I don't go, but we score thirty eight. We score thirty eight games. Can we talk about the Eagles now? Yeah, we can talk about it. I, I, I mean, right now, Green Bay's number one is just a little bit better than anything we've got. Right, but yeah, you're talking about though. Devontae Adams? Yeah, Devontae's uh-huh. out. He's Devontae's out. out. Did you watch the game last night? Not yeah, last night's game. Out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was because he's on my fantasy team. I knew. I know he was out. Yeah, he was out. That's what I'm saying. Did you see the, did you see the, uh, um, the wide receivers he had to deal with last night? Alan Lazard's not good, John. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even Mark has Valdez Scantlin. Valdez Scantlin. John, yeah. what's hilarious, I just Googled good. their wide receivers. And yeah. the one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh picture is uh, Travis Fulgham. <laughs> <laughs> so has never had one first round wide receiver pick for him in his 13 years at Green Bay or his uh, not 13 is 10 or 11 years. Now one first round receiver ever. But he at least has guys that can catch the ball. No, I mean, well, that goes to back. GM. I mean, 
like it just goes to prove if you have guys who can spot talent, which we don't have, um, you know, like quarterback can make do. I, I guess that that I guess that guy that they pulled off the scrap heap who caught the winning touchdown was was a was a was a bad pick, huh? Yeah, that was Doug teach him how to coach coaching him up. That was one hundred percent Doug. Doug and Carson, my quarterback, our quarterback, our quarterback, our teammates, our quarterback. It's our quarterback number eleven. Jesse hated him, but we're like, listen, Jesse, you got to give the guy a chance. Wow. <laughs> hopefully, wow. Now, Jesse, hopefully now, Jesse, you'll come around on the guy. Kick around, loose up a little bit. See the it's about light, time. Man. It's about see, time, Jesse. The, lo- the, the, the audacity <laughs> right now. The audacity. I, I mean, was the lone guy fight like. I was the dude with the sword, like with the horses from the Game of Thrones, that gif of like Jon Snow with the sword and like everybody's bearing down on him. Like that was me against you guys. And now it's like, oh, well, Jesse, I hope you, I hope you can see the light on that guy now. Just give him a chance. Just give him a chance. It took you turning your back. If this is what it takes for him to succeed, then keep your back turned on him. Because yep, that's that's what it is. So the minute you turn him, turn it back. Like they they said it a few times. Well, I th- tell you what, I used to enjoy it. Collinsworth, Michaels calling the games. I don't enjoy Collinsworth at all anymore. And Michaels just seems to retire. Um, I I don't enjoy them at all. I'll tell you who I do enjoy is Herb Shriek and Fowler. Those guys crushed it. I love mm-hmm. those guys. Anywho, um, back to Carson. That was the first game since seventeen that I saw Carson ready to play and win this game. Like, I'm going to win this game, dickheads. A lot of toughness in that kid. We get one Carson Wentz game like that every – we've gotten that since 17. We've got it once, right? We got but, we talked about the Packers game last year, right? But, that, but even that game, like, he played good, but he had the – like, I just, I just saw the fire in Carson this week. Like, you just knew, like, he finally had the – Okay, it's been four seconds, Carson. No one is open. Just fucking run. Like, no one's getting open. These guys aren't very good. <laughs> like, we get that. Like, Well, and also, I, I mean, I, I wish someone would have said something earlier about this. Like, if they just started, you know, um, running plays where, you know, they, they roll him out. I mean, I don't know why anyone didn't say anything about that before, you know, especially on this podcast. Jesse, I mean, why? I swear to God, if I was, I would staying in the pocket. (laughs) Just roll the guy out. I mean, no, not there. We go. I don't understand why no one saw that or no one did that out. Pocket, pocket, pocket. He's a pocket passer. No, maybe put him on the move. Try something different. Not today, Satan. No, they they put. I mean, they you know that's hats off to whoever put that package of plays together uh this week well i mean maybe it was one of the 15 offensive coordinators that we have on our our uh well, our one staff of 15, one of the 15 obviously listens to forfeit podcast absolutely he's the best he's the best quarterback on the move and it covers up his shitty mechanics oh well, even better than even better than our lord and savior aaron rodgers Yes, he's statistically since he came into the league, he's the best quarterback scrambling out of the pocket. Don't even, don't even compare the two. I'm not even going to get in that argument. It's not even close. Anyway, I'm talking uh, about a. 
whatever. I know you're talking about being mobile outside of the pocket. That's one aspect of a, of a game. Great. I, I will give Carson Wentz all the credit in the world for last Sunday's game. I thought that I saw when I saw the clip of Carson Wentz out split out wide when Jalen Hurts came in and he was scrumming it up out there with a cornerback. I was like, yeah, I was, was like, great. I was like, I was some dog. Right? I was like, my boy, my my boy Wentz grew up a little bit, and he's and he's shown a little bit of toughness, a little grit, and I want to see more of that, and and I, and I better see more of it. Something clicked inside, you know. I mean, I mean, he was yapping back. He was, you know, what I mean, it, it just it was just a different side of him, and I and, and I hope that I hope he continues to bring that every game. Maybe maybe not do any more of the shoving because that's all we need is to him to shove a DB in the face and like break his break a fucking finger on a sure, face I, mask. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I'm with okay that. with a little shove. I mean, if, if he, I, I if, he if, if if you will, mark my words, if Carson Wentz gets injured because he's getting in a fight with an opposing player, you'll never hear me complain about his his injury history ever. Again. You know, and that that <laughs> to your point, John, that's contagious too. Like absolutely. You know, other guys that are on the fence and 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 are and and having a tr- uh, having problems, you know, self motivating and getting getting themselves motivated and stuff. They see that, you know, from yep. a, from their quarterback, their leader. You know that that's contagious. When when yeah. is a guy like when is a guy like Jordan like I want to see Jordan Mailata just like bulldoze somebody because like he went low on Wentz. You know what I mean? Like I don't see that happening on by Nate Herbig. Like unless there was like, you know, maybe like a a food cart that went across the stadium, he might be. Yeah, I I you could definitely see Maylotta has I think has a little of that psycho in him that. Yeah, and former rugby guy. Of, speaking of uh, dirty hits, we're lucky that that Slay can still walk at this point. Yeah, that was messed up. That was a that was a bullshit tackle, or block. I'm sorry, he lunged and drove the crown of his helmet at his leg. And Slay's lucky his leg didn't blow up. Like there, there are certain things that you know you can say. You know that's fo- you know football's football. It's a contact sport, and you know it is what it is. But like there's plays like that, and you know what like and the like the lunging with your helmet. There, there are things that you can get out of the game, and it wouldn't make the game any any worse for 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 the people, for the fans. And it would probably make guys careers last a hell of a lot longer. And you know, it's fucking hits. It was fucking blocks like that. It was ridiculous. I I think I remember the play after that. They sort of um, hit a guy a little, a little bit after the play to sort of get back at him um, for that play. I I remember correctly, but, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Shit's that shit's, bullshit and and if we want to talk about blocks i sent it i shared it in the the group chat i think it was on the 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 wentz that quarterback keep that wentz had fulgham set that whole play up with that block where he just took the defensive back out of the end zone mm-hmm. he just yeah. blew him off the line and just pushed yep. him right out of the back of the end zone like at, at this point that kid's shown me more in a game than jj Arthega whiteside has shown in, in a year and a half Oh, I hope, so, he, I hope he gets to keep going. Agreed. He's like the he's like another Greg Ward, right? I mean, like remember, like when Greg Ward came out of nowhere, we were all like, yeah. "What?" You know. Um, and, 
and this is a guy that he's a practice squad guy. He's been yeah. on a couple teams. I, I think he's got that dog in him that he's just like, this is my shot. I might not get another one. I'm not fucking letting go of this bone. Like, this is mine now. And love it. You know, he's going to be on the roster for a while because everybody else is still hurt. Yeah. You know, I think Rager's still out, I think, till October. So, you know, that's a roster spot. Uh, God knows what Trump's. What's the Alshon situation? I think he's like week to week at this point. I think they're probably trying to get his um, conditioning up. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, Alshon's probably back in a week or two. Deshaun's probably back in a week or two. Rager's probably out back in like three. So they probably don't have to make a decision on JJ till then. Like, if you have a, I, I would I would be shocked if he still dresses when everybody's back. I don't know if they cut him, but I'd be shocked if he dresses because he doesn't play special teams. They've only used him lately because he can't get open. They've only really used him as a blocker, and he isn't even really really good at blocking. So. You know, the the quicker they get rid of him, the and the stink from that pick, the better. Because there's not a team in this league that's going to be able to magically. And if there are, every coach in this organization should be fired. If they cut him and somebody else can turn him into into like a player, everybody goes. Everybody. Swoop is even fired. They're all Ooh. gone. Oh, wow. Hey, Swoop with the Philadelphia football team now. Jesus. So. How's everyone feel after this after this win? I mean, I know like if you listen to some of the the local radio and stuff like that, it's you got a town that's kind of divided, right? You got a town that still, you know, has serious doubts about this team moving forward this season, and then there's other people that are like, "Oh, we're back, baby! This was the you know this was the Doug Peterson magic that we were all waiting for," and. You know, this is, you know, this is this we got one under our belt. You know, there's no stopping us now. We got the chemistry rolling again. This is, you know, we're 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 back in uh, back in contention again. Dallas sucks. Giants suck. Washington sucks. So it's like what what what, what's everyone's temperature on this? I mean, I already got already ordered four tickets to Tampa. I mean, we're going. You know, it was before the game. I said, I, I didn't know what was going to come of this game, but I wanted to see the young guys, the, you know, the Kayvon Wallace's and the Mayladas. What did they do? Would, you know, would the young guys man up and, and take this game over and show something? And they did. They didn't quit. And to Doug's credit, Doug coached a great game and um, called the best offensive game he's called all year. Carson started to show some things. He started running, which was great to see. Started doing, you know, moving around in the pocket and and making the right reads and throwing the ball down and doing a lot of stuff. And I mean, that fourth and one where, you know, he audibled out of the out of the sneak and got uh, got the the linebackers to get back off the line and then quick got right back under it, audible back into it and and got like those are the things that we used to see out of him. So, you know, maybe maybe this is the first step. So, I mean, I'm not going to say like they're back and we're going to go on a run, but like if they can string something together and, and, and play Pittsburgh tough and get a win and start to feel good about themselves, then maybe the season's saved, but you know, they've got to win the game. Like that's, that's where it starts. Like you, 
you have to build off of this because if you just go out and you lay another egg against Pittsburgh, we're right back in the same fucking hole. I agree. I agree. I feel like this team has taken some steps forward in this game. Um, that being said, um, I'm not going to say that they were huge steps because you're, you basically beat a team with their third string quarterback and a battered, you know, injury, you know, battered uh, an injured team on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, you know, we did what we had to do with the situation that was given to us. Right. I mean, any, any team you would expect a team, you know, uh, going in against a third string quarterback, second string and third, which ended up being ultimately the third string quarterback to beat that team. And that's what we did. We beat that team. So my hat goes off to them for that. I saw some, some positive things, most notably, like we, like we already discussed with Carson Wentz with his, the way he carried himself on the field. I feel like he's, he's kind of, he got into a groove. Um, He, he looked confident out there. He didn't look lost. He didn't look frustrated or confused or intimidated. Um, And I, I like to see him build on that as we go into uh, Pittsburgh against a very uh, tough Pittsburgh team. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm still going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to agree with Jesse and, and I'm, my opinion still stands with this team for the next two weeks. You know, uh, you know, the first week down, like we said, you know, in a couple podcasts earlier, you know, maybe we could squeak out a win in this hard, you know, three game road trip. And we did, we found, you know, we caught a, a damaged Niners team and we took advantage of it like any any team should, any professional team should, um, regardless of their issues. Um, and we uh, we capitalized, but we're not out of the woods. I feel like we still have – we're in trouble going into uh, Pittsburgh. We're still injured. Pittsburgh's a very good team. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I hope we can – like Jesse said, I hope we can just take what we – what we the, the 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 positive things out of what 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 we started to see in the Niners game and build upon it. I don't want to see them regress. Listen, this team is um, is trying to find their way. They're um, they're they're battered. They're bruised. Uh, they need guys to 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 get healthy. They need. They need wide receivers, um, and that and that's blatantly apparent. Um, without those, without those guys, this team isn't going anywhere. Um, I think. I think after last game, I think Carson's gets gets a little bit of confidence, and like I said, showed a little bit of toughness. Um, but it, it's all going to depend on those wide receivers, and you know, going into Pittsburgh this this week, I, I think they have a chance. Um, I'm not just saying that because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a diehard. I, I just think that Pittsburgh doesn't scare me. I mean, they got a good defense, um, but what do they have on offense? The offense isn't, isn't blowing me away, but it's any given Sunday. And you just hope that it's a short road trip for them. It's, it's you know, it's still only going to Pittsburgh. Um, hopefully you get Deshaun back, you know, hopefully maybe Alshon makes a surprise appearance. And this team might be totally different, totally different. The thing that scares me more than anything with this team, which I thought was their was their was their strongest point, was their defense. It, I mean, 
we nearly lost that game based on the fact that Jim Schwartz likes to prevent play prevent defense. I have no idea. If you with, get burnt, you get burnt. With, I with, can't stand prevent defense. Unless you're it, on 30 points. It's crazy how, you know, CJ Bether gets in the game with, you know, two minutes left. They score a touchdown and then they're ready to score another one. And 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 literally, like I said if earlier, if if they don't go for two you know, this is a, this is a field goal game and they've mm-hmm. already, they already kicked the field goal and we're going in overtime. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Jim Schwartz needs to, you know, get the, his head out of his proverbial ass, sort of figure out, you know, what this team needs. And I mean, the one bright, bright, bright spot on this, on this defense is the defensive line. They played really well, really well, but you know, when you do have your 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 linebackers who are missing tackles and you know are making plays when they need to, you know, and and you also have a a, a second corner who who's out of the game now with Maddox being being out. You got to find a guy that's going to fill that spot. And who did you put in there? You put Jalen Mills in. What does that say about Jalen Mills as a safety? Is that he's okay to play corner, but not strong enough to be playing safety when they? They lose a guy. That to me is a little bit of a problem. I, I you know, it, it makes me question the Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones cuts because uh, that's depth there, and I think that those guys would have helped in a game like that. But we'll see. Eagles by twenty. Yeah. Oh, is is that how many yards Zacherts is going to have all year receiving? Wow, still hating on Earth, huh? Five catches, nine yards in a game. We need them, John. Where's we're separation? Hey, but no, hey, I need that Kittle money. Need that Kittle money. Well, Kittle have five, fifteen for one hundred eighty-three. He's not looking for Kittle money. I already talked about that. He's not looking for Kittle money. He wants to play for the Eagles for the rest of his career. He does not want Kittle money. No, because he's cooked. He's toast. John, he looks like shit out there. He has no separation. Five catches for nine yards. I you, mean, don't, you don't think that you don't think that the game plan for the 49ers was to take Zach Ertz away, which then let let the practice squad wide receivers run around. And we didn't oh, have no. anything to stop George Kittle, and Kittle still had 15 catches. The okay, point well, is the players Kittle beat really well. Kittle fine, Kittle played a good game. Yeah. Fine. He, he's, he's a good our, our linebackers couldn't keep up with him. I, and I think what you need to accept. Yeah, but we put safeties on them and couldn't slow them down. Well, I think what you need to accept, John, is that if if Zach still had it and was still Zach from seventeen, how he would have paid them by now. How he pays guys who were worth it. He gives guys contracts extensions. To, to how he gives guys that aren't worth it money. So the reality is, is you, you. Zach knows he's cooked. <laughs> he, he, he's not a bum. I'm being dramatic with it. But I don't know that he's even a top five tight end anymore receiving. Like he's one of those guys. He's got short hands. I don't question his hands. He's on drops. He's he's got great hands. I watch him for four weeks. Sean get no separation from anybody. He made one play in the Bengals game. That big catch that ended up being nothing because of penalties at the end of at the end of overtime. He made that good like twenty eight yard catch. That was a really nice play. John, that, you know, that, I'd rather have Zach Ertz than anybody else who you would you would try to trade for. No, I don't. I'm just saying, like, you got to accept that he's got to shut up and play out his deal. Maybe next year he gets an extension. 
if he takes Come a team-friendly deal. But with two years left, show me something, Zach. You can't pay guys for previous – No. I will, I will give you this. The last game that he played – and this is, this is from the deep depths of my soul. The last game that – how do I say this? I, I don't believe the guy's cooked, but when you don't have guys around you, wide receivers that are good – they're going to zero in on the tight end. I agree. I mean, he was the focal point. He's the only guy on this team <laughs> that is a weapon that teams are going to look at when they look at tape and they're going to go up. 86 is a guy we got to keep our eye on. They're not, they're not saying we got to keep an eye on Greg Ward or, you know, Richard Rogers or uh, Quez Watkins or John Hightower, maybe Miles Sanders, but, but out of Miles Sanders, there's nobody else on this offense that you're that you're keying in on. Yeah, and not, yeah. with you, if I see Jalen Hurts drop another uh, snap, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, ship him out of town. Enough of that. And and that's our John. And and like that's what I always complained about the pick because it's like especially now with all of our injuries, the there were some second round linebackers that were still on the board that are all playing well right now. All of them playing well. And um, we, we have Sean Bradley and D- Davion Taylor can do because I'm not ready to give up on those guys. Cause they haven't sniffed the field yet. Yeah, that, that's why special teams. That's fine. But, but my point is like all you've, all we've seen out of Rager is what one design quarterback run, two fumbles and some gadget plays. And that's it. And that's not enough for a second round pick. It's you not. Hurts. You mean hurts. Yeah. It, um, it's, well, it's, we'll see. We'll see about Rager too. Cause I mean, he's hurt, but. You know, yeah, and and you know, also like did get the, two, Hertz did get two first downs, so I mean, I'll give it to him for that. All and and like all of the Eagles fans were already starting to moan about like Jefferson and Ayuk and and all of these guys and and Lavishka, and it's like, yeah, they're all playing great, but like they're it, gonna get hurt too at some point. It's yeah, like yeah, they're yeah, all gonna get bent up, and it's a fl- it's a fluke injury what he got. Like the kid was showing some flashes before he got hurt. Like I'm I'm not. I'm I'm not worried about him. Like when he comes back, I think this offense can go back into overdrive a little bit. And to John's point, like they're not going to be able to double Zach anymore because if you double Zach and you've got you've got uh, Jalen Rager on the field, that means he's single coverage on somebody. But they weren't though. That's the thing because they even Collinsworth commented about it. I think the one time, like they only put a linebacker on Zach and he couldn't get away from the linebacker. It wasn't like they were playing a box and one and they were hawking him. Now I can't say every play. I'm not trying to, I didn't watch a game film, but every play that was to target that was to him and watching, they weren't double teaming Zach. He just couldn't get separation. Like, I don't think he's the no, player. The game plan is. He's third game. Year. I mean, and I think the reality is that he's been playing for what this is what his seventh or eighth year in the league. Most guys, seven, eight, nine years, except for the freak, you know, the freaks of the world, the TOs, which are the exception, mm-hmm. most guys kind of lose a step. And that's what I think the unfortunate thing. I mean, Christ, I didn't want to like believe what you guys were saying um, earlier podcast um, about a running back. But uh, I'm starting to see it now. The line having issues. But Zeke, I think Zeke looks like shit. I think he I, might already be cooked. I said that at the beginning of the year. I, I said, said I, that I, I didn't want to believe it. Hey, hey Bill. Here. What but about what about a guy like Bar- 
I hate to bring this up, but like, you know, the Eagles kept Brent Selleck for like 10 years. Which is the block. And and I agree. But he wasn't any kind of threat offensively. He was there because he was a lineman who could catch, basically. I, and that's I, what it is. If Zach could block great, my mouth would be shut. It's like, you know what? He's got great hands and he can block. Problem is, is he's a liability blocking. And you know it. Like, it's so if you can't block, okay, go be a receiver. Well, you don't get separation anymore. Uh, oh, wait, now you want to raise? Uh, like, that's where I'm at with Zach. Like, all right, like, well, go play. Like, like, I, and, I, and, I, and that's what I'm saying, too. Like, if you want to, like, if, if you're worried about your money and get your chicken, like, go own the field. Like, when he did that, like, little, like, cartwheel dance and that two-point conversion, it's like, that is, like, literally the Carmelo Anthony move of rebounding. When he slaps the ball and there's not anybody around. Zach's on nobody, and he did that little kick thing. I was like, what are you doing, Zach? Catch the fucking ball because you dropped fourth down place. All right? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm, and I like Zach as a player, but I don't know. I just I, – I, no, I, no one's taking away what he's done for this team in the past. It's just – I think what everyone's trying to get at is, is he worth – is he is is he worth the reward? Breaking news: Bill is out on Zach Ertz. Breaking news: I'm, I'm not out. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm, I I I guess I'm disappointed because I think he has been one of the greatest Eagles of, of the decade for sure, probably ever or go down. But the fact that he goes on NFL Network and says, I don't know, the Eagles even want me anymore. Like, shit like that. Like, that really irked me. Like, that really bothered me. It's like, bro, you make it seem like you're out there crushing it week in and week out. Like, you're not. You, and, you, and, you didn't, and you didn't last year. You had some go okay games last year, some pretty good Zach Ertz games. But last year wasn't a, a fantastic year. You had three really, really <laughs> good years. Your first I, I, six years were okay. Pull up his stats. And the last three were really good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did anyone forget the playoff game that he played with a fucking uh, lacerated spleen? Does that yeah. – does, does that – I mean, come on. I mean, you got to give the guy credit for, for when the credit's due. Man. He, he was the second highest paid tight end up until this offseason. Only one person made more money and said Travis Kelsey. Huh? Nobody would argue that he's better than Kelsey. So he huh? got paid like it. But unfortunately, he's 29, going to be 30. And he averages less than 10 yards a catch now. Like, that's not a good thing. And you can't say it's the offense because Carson looks for him every play. And it's just, it, it just a reality. It's I'm done being held on the players that don't want to be in Philly. And I don't know that he – like. They, I don't and, think he doesn't want to be in Philly, Bill. He, he, there's quotes of him saying he wants to be – he said that in the Zoom. I want to be here for the rest of my career. What, what don't you get about that? He and wants to be here. How I watch him on NFL Network and say, "I don't know, Eagles want me." I literally watched him say that on NFL Network. He, he doesn't said that, right? He says he wants to be here, but he doesn't know if if the Eagles want him here. Exactly. So when you have two more years on your deal left before the before the second year even starts, you're going to say, "I don't know if they want me here." What? Because they won't give you a raise when you when you, when, when there's a tight end on the team that's better. Yeah, he's hurt. Best, best availability is ability. I get that. Or ability is availability. The fact of the matter is, you're not, you're not even the best, best tight end on the team anymore. And now you, you, yet, yet you want to raise. And, we can, and we're already over the cap, 65 mil for next year. 
Great team guy, Zach. Great team guy. Okay? You made a lot of money here. And I get it. Get your money. Everybody, Everyone's their own brand. I get it. If you want to talk about Rays, I don't ever want to see a five catch for not, five catches for nine nine yards in a game if you're supposed to be elite. I'm sorry, mm. not nah, I just can't. I think you showed mm. the true colors last night. Dropping fourth and threes with the game on the line. He's average tight end. Mm. He peaked. You know. Right. Hey Bill. What's hey that? Bill. What are the Eagles going to do this week against the Steelers? Lose. Yeah. 31 to 20. They can't stop anybody. This defense is a joke. Big Ben's going to pick them apart. Absolutely pick them apart. He's, he's going to die. We're not going to stop. Well, we'll stop Connor. He's, he, he's going to. You don't realize how good his receivers are, he has in Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson, Juju, and uh, Claypool. You can say Connor is a receiver. Um, I. I Eric Ebron, like I, I don't think we're gonna stop this offense. We, we, like you said, we beat a third-string quarterback on the last play of the game. You know, it's on the road, big game. Yeah, but no, we they did what they had to do. No, they and they did, but we're playing a much more talented team, a better yes. defense, and a team that we usually don't play well against in Pittsburgh habitually. Like yeah. we usually play good in San Fran. Like we play good there a lot. Uh, I don't know. I'm with John. I wouldn't be shocked if we won. I wouldn't sit here. I mean, if they win, will there be an emergency cast on Sunday? I don't know. Maybe. Might there be an emergency one. When Zach Ertz has seven catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. And three touchdowns. And John's exploding. John's going to be like, oh, fucking trade him now. Just because this guy. <laughs> I know it's coming now, John. Because whenever I bash somebody really hard, like like Jesse, they produce. So when he, when he catches a second touchdown in the fourth yeah. quarter, like, oh, you fucking dope. Cut this guy. I didn't well, you, know what, Bill? you know what, Bill? If that's what it takes, keep bashing him. It's come on. Get, I know. The best out of these guys. And I'm and I'm so glad that I'm getting I'm I'm being heralded for calling Zeke being uh cooked. Because if you started looking at his numbers last year, you're like, ooh, something's not right with, with what he's doing. And it sure it sure is uh extending on and if we want to stay on Dallas for a second yeah they might have gotten the best wide receiver out of the bunch in uh in Judy and and Man. you know Jerry Jones did it just to fuck us because you know that's why he did it after Man. we took after we took Dallas Goddard so he did it to us it's like he screwed us but he also screwed himself because their their defense is even worse than ours right now yeah they needed a safety and they could have had anyone they wanted, and they passed on all the safeties. Yep. Don't uh, don't don't uh, think that Earl Thomas won't go to go there now that he uh, isn't going to the Texans. By the way. Yeah. yeah well, well, I thought I saw Dallas say they don't they, they they don't have the money for him. I thought I saw Dallas say like they're not interested, like they don't have the money. If uh, you know, that's Earl come down if, off the asking price, I guess. If, I, if I saw I'm, that Dallas if, wasn't involved with him. Dude, if I'm a player in that locker room. In the the Cowboys locker room, I don't want that head case anywhere near, because I feel like the the Cowboys locker is probably just about like that far away from like blowing up as it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When you got when you got Zeke, you got you you, you got uh, yeah, just all, all, all the guys on defense like Lawrence, Alden Smith, those guys. They, I mean, and but, you got Dak playing on the last year of his deal. 
You've yeah. got all of that, and now you're going to put a dude into the into the, the into that locker room that's been cut from how many teams now in like rapid succession. Yeah, I, I mean that's what I read. Uh, that's what I read about the Texans. That's why they didn't sign them. They said they had they were locker room concerns. Yeah, like, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I hope that he ends up in in Dallas because he'll help set that whole thing on fire. But yeah. nah, like I said. If he was still playing on an elite level, guys like Jim Harbaugh can manage guys like him. Mm-hmm. When your play goes down and your bullshit's still the same, you see it every, all the time. It's, it's it, you know, as long as your plays, Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, he came down a tick off of what he used to be. And Pittsburgh's like, I'm out. You put up with your bullshit for seven years. You're not, you're a one millimeter, you're one hundredth of a second slower this year. Finally, we can get rid of you. Finally, <laughs> like, like, I mean, that, there is one organization that does not tolerate um, any sort of. Hey, uh, hey, Hulk. Um, what? I, I, what was that noise? I was like, hey. Um, I, I have no idea. Um, one one thing I want to bring up too. Uh, speaking of linebackers, Michael Kendricks visiting the Seahawks uh, again for the second time. Oh, well, you know. Jail. I think he's going to get out of it. Is he really? Yeah. With he's paying more fines, basically. Or or keep playing football and keep get keep making money and keep giving it to uh, whoever he needed to give to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there. I mean, Nigel Brown, I'm still out there. Yeah, he really. No, nah, I oh, mean, and speaking of our linebackers, our uh, our um. Jim Schwartz came out and said that Nate Gary is a great linebacker who has helped w- helped us win multiple games. Okay, he can't be this year because we only won a game this year. So he was going to hate. Of, of course, I mean, that's exactly what a defensive coordinator is supposed to say about his players. Regardless. I cannot wait until Sunday at, at like 2.30 when Nate Gary has a, a pick six. Um and Zach Ertz already has, like, two touchdowns. That's what's going to happen, Johnny. <laughs> it's going to be – in the fourth quarter, it's going to be, like, 24-21. We're going to be up by three. And Pittsburgh's going to be driving, like, first in the red zone with, like, a minute to go or, like, two minutes to go or, no, maybe, like, maybe more than that. And Gary's going to do a blitz sack fumble. On sack big fumble minutes. touchdown. Run it back, get tackled at, like, the five, and then they're going to do a play-action pass to Zach Ertz for, like, <laughs> And you're going to be like, later, pussies! <laughs> it's like, every, with, with Gary, every time you, you watch any, like, sort of scouting thing or anything on the Eagles, and these are, like, Eagles people doing it on any of the podcasts or whatever, they always talk about, like, if I'm an offensive coordinator, everything I can do is going to be targeted at abusing Nate Gary. And it, it's just... I don't... I don't question his toughness i just question his like just size to be a linebacker in the nfl just, so, I mean, it's just he's just so small well he was drafted as a safety no know. i know that's what i mean and and i think he, he i think he was even a quarterback at some point in his career like in high school and, and maybe even early as college i thought he was a quarterback they all, they're they're all either quarterbacks or wide receivers at some point whether it's middle school high school but to me i mean to his defense when he weighs, he weighs maybe 230 at best. I don't even think he weighs 230 with pads on. 
and you got and you got a guard coming at you way in three forty five. I mean, you can't do shit on that. Like you're just fucked. You're gonna be like you're gonna be roadkill. Like you're not. I don't care how strong you are, what you do, when that guard and you, and it's like you just gotta hope you can get off him. But six yeah, two two thirty. Run, run the right way to run, like. There's been too many times that like everybody's going to the ball and he's running in the opposite goddamn direction. Like it's going on too often. Well, last year didn't he play all year with like a sports hernia? So that's crazy fucking nuts. I, I don't care. Like, well, I'm just saying he might be playing hurt some of these times because he's just a tough dude. It's like, dude, get the guy in the middle. Like, go for the guy. Like, do his do his eyes not work? Like, the, like the one the one caption I think John mentioned it like that his back was literally to the quarterback and he's basically running in the wrong fucking direction. Like, come on, dude. Like, and, and the beginning, like we talked about earlier, if, if Mullen throws that ball, the game is over. Th- like they're up seven, nothing immediately. Because yeah, oh yeah, it's a different mindset at that point. It's like, here we go again. He, he takes, if there's an, if there's the wrong angle, if there's a chance that he can take the wrong angle to the ball, he's absolutely going to take the wrong angle. If there's a chance that he can arm tackle somebody instead of wrapping them up and taking them down, he's going to do it. Like he's just not good enough. And that goes back to town evaluation and drafting. And on top of all of it, you have a defensive coordinator that thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the league and would, would, would have a defense full of nothing but tackles and ends if he could get away with it and and just doesn't care about linebacker. And the GM doesn't have the spine to be like, nah, dude, we're, we're getting some linebackers that can stop dudes when they get to the second level or just annihilate a tight end. Like this isn't happening anymore. And, and that's, what's frustrating is like the, the linebacker problem on this team has, has been allowed to rot and fester for so long that we have nothing. And and TJ Edwards is now out for a while, and it's like now now what do we have? Well, it, it, it's ridiculous. Well, Alex Singleton played well. Sorry, yeah. I, I drug out your prediction questions to, to try to get things in the wrap up sense. I brought up more shit. That's okay. That's all right. But yeah, it, it's I don't it needed know. to be. It needed to be. It needed to come out. We need to vent all these all these frustrations. So what do we have? We have John. Do we, what do we have prediction wise? I say loss. I I think we're gonna lose, but I again I hope for a win every week. I just don't see it happening. Jesse, I'm gonna I'm gonna say after the last week, I think they win. I I this is that's my boys. Test. This is the test of the team. Like if they win this game, they're they're gonna go on a run. If this they is win a, this, this is a good team. This is a good team. You you beat this team, the you, you're 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 on to the next uh, chapter of the book, and uh, it could yeah, you, it could turn a season around. Yeah. So if if we want to keep saying you know Doug's a great coach and there's some good players on this team, they win this game. Like that. That's it. Name of the game, baby. Eagles so, by twenty. Eagles by Eagles, Eagles by a field by, goal. I hope Eagles by twenty. Here's Eagles the hope. by a field goal. Mr. Lorenz, take it away. Coverts.